Testing, one, two, three, testing. Hello? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? I'm looking for anyone. Anyone? Please, anyone, respond. Help needed. Can anybody hear me? Help needed. If you can hear, please respond. Please respond. Welcome back to HeroClix Borderlands. This is episode three, and I'm your host, Shay McClure, otherwise known as Colossus TN on HC Realms and Showtime TN on WizKids Info Network. I'd like to send a shout out to Spider Nick, who sent in some uh, great suggestions for the podcast, and we're trying to implement some new stuff, so appreciate your feedback. And anybody else that wants to give us some feedback, please contact me either on HC Realms, or you can private message my Colossus TN user ID, or you can email us at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L O S T C L I X at gmail.com. That is L O S T I N C L I X at gmail.com. Uh, just wanted to go over this podcast is always evolving and always changing and trying to just get better and get more information not only to you guys, but also make it more of an experience for me. So I appreciate any feedback or comments or any suggestions or questions that you want to send in. Now, I uh, wanted to go over some new things. We're trying. I'm trying to do different formats. So today I got like four sections that we're going to kind of go through. I just want first section. I just want to go over what I've been doing, what's been going on. Mainly, my only hero clicks action right now has been play testing. I am preparing for the February 18th WizKids Open in Casey, South Carolina. I'm hoping to go down there. My wife's very supportive and wants me to go down and, and try it out. It'll be my first major tournament since Origins. I wanted to go back in the fall and wasn't able to. Uh, some things came up, so I'm really excited about going, really going down there and seeing what it's all like. Um, so that's been what I've been working on. Just been prepping for the WizKids Open. Uh, had a uh, Online guy I met through HC Realms who's been helping me in playtesting online, which I'd recommend to anybody. Uh, the more you can play your team, the better you get with it. Unfortunately for me, I like to over-tweak my team. I'm never satisfied with a build. I want to maximize it. So right now, especially for a competitive team, I just keep tweaking it and keep going on and on and keep overdoing it. So right now, my whole focus has been this prep for the WizKids Open. And unfortunately in my area, my casual scene has really gone down in the fact that we've not our venue is currently um, under renovation and we've not had any games we have some coming up in january but as of right now 
we've not really had any casual local tournaments, and the nearest venue past that is over an hour away across the mountain, and I've really not been able to get away to go to that. So really, my casual play has kind of not been going on. I've just been doing this weekly game, which uh, while it's, is um, good, it has it kept my focus just on my competitive team. And, you know, we all live in both worlds, so I do like to get some casual environment and keep HeroQuest kind of fun. So that's just kind of what's been going on. Uh, so I wanted to bring up to everybody, I was going to share. I've been going back and forth on whether or not I should share my WizKids Winter Open build. But, you know, in all fairness, this community I've been uh, trying to com- create through this podcast is really just to kind of help me also grow my love of HeroQuest and also grow my my ability as a player not only as a team maker but as a uh, actual uh, game mechanic so really looking at you know I, I don't mind to throw it out there I can tell you what I'm thinking about bringing uh, one big thing I love doing is kind of being a little bit different I want to be different I don't want to bring the same thing running a uh, Quinjet team with Faust while I have a Quinjet and I have a Faust, I really don't want to run those. I want to do something different. I want to sit down and people go, wow, I wasn't expecting that, or how am I going to beat that? And I might get there, and this team might be uh, worthless, or, you know, it might cause a little stir. I don't know. I I like to be unique. I like to try different combinations. I like to see how everything works. But um, I can go into over my team. Currently, right now, I have the Atom as the Colossal Retaliator, uh, he is one piece on mine for 15 points. I also have Devil Dinosaur and his pogs that he generates from superior foes of Spider-Man. I also have Mr. Mixelpillet from Superman Wonder Woman, uh, number 60. Uh, I also have Fitz from the Fast Forces Nick Fury Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., number 4. And I have Henry with him. He comes on for free from the Fast Forces uh, from the Fast Forces also. Then I have an Ultron 6 drone from Age of Ultron. Now, one big thing about this team is I'm trying to keep it where my big plan, my big hope is I am going to Origins. I would love to participate in World Championships. I'm going to get through some qualifiers. Maybe I can get something doing these WKOs. So really, I'm this team I'm wanting to play is actually a hopefully would be the same type team I would play at the Worlds, or at least get me closer. Now, that's not all the figures I have on it. The other thing I have on is a Justice League teleporter. And in order in which I'm going to put them on the uh, teleporter is in slot one, I would actually have a green arrow, uh, WizKids 16004. I'd also have in slot two, Green Lantern from the Joker's Wild. I also have Black Panther in slot three as the uh, Captain America Civil War starter, 006E. I also have S.H.I.E.L.D. Level 7, Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., number 56, Wonder Woman, Superman Wonder Woman, 033, and Superman, the Chase, Red Sun Superman. So those would be on my teleporter with those respective cards. Uh, the plan of the team is to have Devil Dinosaur out there with a pause, creating kind of blocking train, trying to get the teleporter to turn, uh, calling in different ID characters, such as really looking at Green Lantern, probably first or second. I probably should put him first, number one on the teleporter, but as just 
spitballing right now. But yeah, calling in people, get to teleport to turn. Try to get it to level the number two slot where you can choose an inspiration that everybody on your board gets it. And the inspirations I'm really most interested at that point to give would be Superman's Invincible, one one charge with plus one attack, which I think is awesome. Could really make some of my pieces really fly. Uh, Shield. Shield team ability might be pretty cool. And the Black Panther. Love the thought of having the Pogs actually have the ability to do a double barrier team at the midpoint of the game. So, that's really my thoughts on that team. Uh, Devil Dinosaur gives me some range with the ability to TK. Uh, the Ultron drone can bring in Nick Fury, which can really decimate pieces. Um, but the one problem I have is this. It's pretty much a not far... I don't have a map control team in the sense that it can get to the middle of the map and control the map. Pretty much from what I've been playing, I've only played it twice, it seems like I stay on one side of the map and expect aggressive teams to come after me and then me be able to respond. Um, so that's where that team's at. I don't, I don't know if I, I love it. I'm having fun testing it out. Uh, so let's go over the one thing that I'm really thinking about, and I'm really reaching out to y'all to see what y'all think about too. The Atom seems to be the one figure I'm really struggling with right now on whether or not I want it on the team or not. His lack of range, 17 defense, his passive power, and what I mean by passive power is that if he's just sitting there doing nothing, he gives the team something. His passive power is in power, but I, I don't see me bringing him out of the starting area. I want to use him as colossal retaliation, so is he really giving me anything with that passive power? He does have sidestep. He does have pretty good movement. Now, the one colossal I'm looking at, oh, and I'm sorry, Fitz also gives me TK, but Henry gives me, uh, Henry the drone, Henry gives me some enhancement, which can up some value, especially Mixablick, which I like to use him as a nine-range cannon. So, that those were those thoughts. Sorry about that. But uh, what I'm really baiting on is the Atom is at 15 points, and my team's at a perfect 300 build. One thought I do have is dropping the Atom and bringing on Solaris. Now, here's why I like Solaris. Number one, Solaris has 10 range. Uh, let me get my Solaris out. Let me look at it. He has 10 range with... Ooh, let me pull him out. Oh, the big sun-looking guy. Yeah, the big eye looking at you. Two targets and 19 defense with toughness. He does not have sidestep like... Adam, and he's 10 points more than Adam, he's 25. His attack value is better at 12. He's got two damage just like Adam, and uh, he's got outwit, which I think for my team might be something I need. And it's a better passive power than I think in power, but maybe I'm thinking wrong. But I can really see Solaris being able to snipe. Uh, really like him teamed with Mixelput. Uh and maybe an enhancer. But I'm struggling to get the build to work right because that's 10 points extra I have to pull off. And really, is bringing Solaris on the team going to bring anything? Because I, I see Adam as a big target and he's not doing anything, but maybe I'm using him wrong. I keep him in the back. I wait for a colossal retaliation piece. I'm hoping people will hit my um, pogs and I can retaliate. But then am I just giving them 15 points and I cause a lot of damage? Um... 
So I I don't know. So I'm throwing it out to the community. I'm I'm really leaning towards Solaris, uh, but his low movement of two really drives me crazy. Um, his retaliation is just going to put tokens on, but that's not bad for my team. If I'm thinking of a going up against a Quinjet or drone team, so that's kind of where I'm at, and that's the struggle with a 300 point competitive team. Every figure has to be doing something. I feel like if it's just sitting around and it does nothing in several matches, uh, other than if they're not a threat and they don't do anything for your team in several matches, then you're going to have some problems. So, really, throwing it out there, what do y'all think? Uh, you can email me, t- uh, private message me on HC Realms. Just let me know what you think. I'm really leaning towards Solaris. I really like the outwit. I like the 10 range with double targets. I'm thinking of some... Uh, Crazy shenanigans, as they like to call it. I, I like to call it just just some tactics I might use that might surprise some people. Um, with Solaris and Mixelplick, and maybe that would give my team another uh, little option I can use, especially going up against these bigger teams. So um, that's where I'm at. So I, I'd love to hear from y'all. That's kind of my thought process right now, I kind of gave you my team build, hopefully being unique. I, one thing I hate is I keep going back to these power pieces, and I'm wanting to find other pieces that might work. I keep going back, and that's the thing with the meta. These are uber-competitive, uber-efficient pieces. I keep going back to them going, well, okay, wow. I, I don't want to use them because I want to be unique, but, man, it's hard to get away from them. I mean, I have a, I have a level 7 ID card on my teleporter i mean it's just crazy i mean i want to get away from from some stuff but uh the only other thing i'd like to throw out to y'all am i actually thinking about removing the wonder woman the current wonder woman i have is 200 points and the current superman i have is uh the max point on the red sun which i forgot i think it's like 290 or something like that and really they're only there in case the teleporter hits the third uh, power and that's after 25 clicks so I'm, I'm, I'm like debating should I have two two cards pretty much just there just in case I hit that or should I bring another better efficient card that can get me to 25 and just bring Red Sun in so you can finish people off or should I go with a KC uh, Superman uh, but hey Anyway, th- those are some things that I'd love to hear from y'all. Uh, my thought process, kind of throwing it out there, just to let y'all know. So, anyway, I, I think every every week I'll kind of throw out a team build I'm kind of working on, get y'all's input, do that. So that's that's another section we'll have. It's like uh, team building, you know, what's going on, what are my thoughts, and is there something out there that's in the weeds that is pretty cool? It's going to be a neat idea. Some people have some ideas about some neat combos. And really, how's that going to kind of mesh out with a casual play versus kind of a meta play? And right now, that's where I'm kind of working on that team. So I'd love to hear from y'all on what your thoughts on my team are. And I will try and put a... uh, Hopefully, I'll try and uh, go over some of those comments if people give me next next time we do the the, uh, broadcast. Um, Now, moving on. I want to keep this kind of moving, keep it not too long. Uh, moving on, I wanted to, what's driving me crazy? And I was listening to a podcast 
yesterday, and not that I didn't agree with him. I, I love listening to Dark Logos. He has some great ideas. Um, I love listening to the Meta Lab. I love watching games. But, you know, Dark Logos talked about, you know, you want to be a competitive player, don't buy all the sets. Just buy the pieces you're going to play. And I, and I hear him. I mean, it's a lot of investment. Going to major tournaments, if you want to be a competitive player, is going to take some money. So spending $200 on a case isn't cost-efficient. And part of me goes, yes, that makes sense. And the other part of me is like, oh, man, I love all those figures. What am I supposed to do? I love those figures. I love the combinations. Uh, I love the, their use in casual environment. Not all of them can make meta. And sometimes I think with, with the way WizKids is putting sets out right now, they're, they're pumping them out, pumping them out, pumping them out. And, I mean, I feel it. I mean, going through uh, four cases in a year, really, is that I feel like some figures are just kind of getting left by the wayside in, in the metagame. Probably in the casual games, they're fine, but in the metagame, they're on the border of being what people would call a tier one piece, maybe a tier two piece. They do some cool stuff, not sure if they can consistently do stuff. So, you know, it's those pieces that I'm kind of looking at and going, man, what happened to them? So in this section, we're going to look up some old hidden treasures. And the ones I'm looking at right now is out of the Uncanny X-Men set, Riptide. Wow, I pull him out and I'm like, wow, why is this guy not seeing more play? I mean, come on, let's look at him. Um, nine movement to start with sidestep. He's got 10 attack, 17 defense with energy shield deflection, and a one damage. Three range. And he's a uh, he moves on foot, but he's, he's what really makes him unique is some part of his special powers. Oh wait, let me do any quick clicks. He's got one, two, three, four. Takes a four shot, he's dead. So you're going wow. But he's only 45 points, <clears throat> and you know I just kind of pulled him out of my box of uh, Uncanny X Men, and I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of pieces from Uncanny X Men on teams. Really not. When I look at the meta environment, there's not a lot. So I'm like, ooh. There's not a lot going on there. Either A, Uncanny X-Men is that bad, or B, people are overlooking some pieces, and maybe I need to look at them again. I love going places where people are. And maybe that's me, and maybe that sets me up to not do well in tournaments, but I want to try and make pieces work. I have a belief that a lot of pieces can work that we're not using. So uh, he has a special uh, movement ability. He can move through characters. So characters do not hinder his movement, even though he's a... Uh, foot traveler uh, and also he has the ability to the first time you return that one or more opposing characters are KO'd after actions resolve choose one this turn you can modify his speed attack and damage values by plus one or heal him of one damage so you can do that now here's the interesting thing he has sidestep which means that even though he has nine movement he can still as a free action move too now what makes it really impressive is combined with his special attack power which says shurikens at 200 miles per hour when riptide uses sidestep after actions resolve he can use pulse wave as a free action whoa anything you get to do for free in a 300 point game is something to look at the quickest the thing that will get you in most 300 point games is a lack of actions you only get three actions and calling in an id character to cost you an action uh, movement can cost you an action. So this guy can do stuff for free that, A, doesn't put a token on him so it doesn't slow him down, and B, gives him the ability to act without stopping your action total for non-free actions. 
So, looking at that, I'm like, wow. So why isn't he on more teams? So I kind of said, okay, let me sit down. What would I want to do with him? Well, I wouldn't want to pair him with somebody that can move him. Get him to where he needs to go so he can sidestep um, He can sidestep pulse wave. And here's the neat thing about Riptide. Number one, sidestep can still occur after you're carried. So after he's placed, after he's carried and sat down, he can still sidestep. And since he can sidestep as a free action, he'll still be able to pulse wave. Now that pulse wave is only for one, but you can imagine a bunch of pogs getting pulse waved. Take them all out. The other thing is he only has a range of three, meaning that his area effect is only two squares around him. That's great. Whoever carries him, he can get away from, especially if they sit them, him in front of them. And since you can move through characters, you can go up there, set him near a group, move him two slots behind a row of characters, and then he can pulse wave. Now, that can take out a colossal, who they can only, the colossal retaliators can only take one damage. And his pulse wave, I was think I was listening to Adam Friedman once, and he said that is the one power, pulse wave is the one power that says the rules of Heroclix does not apply anymore. Doesn't matter what you got, pulse wave beats it. Very few characters have something that it can't be pulse waved. Uh, I have to check my colossals. Hold on. Now that I say that, I might be in a ruling wrong. Can't be countered or ignored. I'd have to look at my pulse wave. Pulse wave might not work against the colossal. Somebody's going to have to help me on that. Um, this new thing where they say this power can't be countered, which is outwit, or ignored, which I think is pulse wave. Let me look at my pulse wave. Pulse wave. Right place to go is the unit section of AC Realms to find and build teams. And also, let me look it up. Pulse wave hero clicked. I am sorry, I'm so not. Uh, uh, prepared when you get the definition for rules. Give this character range combat action even if it is adjacent to an opposing character. Blah blah blah. These lines of fire ignore all game except game effects. Ignore. Yeah, ignored. Yeah, so he would not be able to hurt a colossal. Sorry, or stop clicks. That'd be his one downside. However, his ability to kill Pogs at 45 points. I think that'd be interesting to kind of check out. Uh, and, and really, I just threw together a quick, what would I want to deliver him? What's his delivery method? And I kind of looked and I said, you know what? I could run two Riptides plus Overdrive for 125 points. So basically, you can use Overdrive, free action, or power action to create a charged up vehicle. Pull up overdrive. And let me see. Here he is. Overdrive special power is give our free action, which is adjacent to a standard object, remove the object from the game and place charge up bystander in the square if none are on the map. So for a free action, you can create the vehicle. And then for a power action, you can have him pilot the vehicle. Now, a charged up vehicle is. Uh, 11 movement with sidestep, so basically a 13 movement 
and it can carry four people. So it can carry these two riptides. So you would have two power actions to get, it would cost you two power actions to get riptide, if my math's right, 16 squares. Well, you'd move them 13 squares and then you could place them in the square ahead of charged up vehicle. And then each riptide can move two, which would be 16. Make it to square 16 if you start at zero. And pulse wave for free. So two actions to get two one damage pulse waves off. I, I find that a little interesting. So how could I make it better? I don't know. Maybe charge up vehicle isn't the best bet. But I, I just think that's interesting. I think it'd be neat to try or kind of look at. So really, what are your ideas? Do you think Riptide's... Let me know what you think about uh, Riptide. Should he go back in my box and uh, quit wasting my time on it? Or is there some viable options that not only could he be fun in casual play, but maybe even make a dent a little bit in uh, competitive play? Um, he's only The other bad thing about him is he only has one keyword, which is Marauders. So Just let me know what you think. That's a great little uh, section here, a little... Uh, different way to look at it. Just let me know, do you think Riptide has a place in your toolbox of figures that could really make a dent in something? Now, moving on, uh, last segment is where I just kind of go over some thoughts I've had, some experiences, and this actually comes from Spider Nick. He wondered what, how I prepare for major and local tournaments. I've been to about three or four local, I mean, sorry, three or four major tournaments in my Heroclix career. Uh, their experiences have been varied, and I would not call myself a highly competitive player. I love to be competitive, but I don't have the experience to be consider myself one of these great competitive players. Uh, locally, I have been to several events, and they're very fun. So uh, how do I prepare for each? Um, let's go to a local casual event. Um, and the local event is pretty, pretty easy in the fact that I just find the build. I know what they're wanting to play, and then I, I try to build around that. I try to find some unique kind of team to um, just, you know, show up with. Something with a unique theme to it. I don't always go with a straightforward theme. You know, like, I love getting all Psychic Blast team. I decided that an all Psychic Blast team would just be cool to play or uh, some kind of color matching thing. Uh, one thing I do embed in a lot of my teams I take to uh, casual events or either I put a figure I really want to play and see how it kind of works or a figure I just I got and I just I think it'd be fun to play with. Um, I do know in a in your local scene they can actually get uh, the point totals go up. Uh, competitive stays around 300 and that's at your major tournaments, but a local tournament can go anywhere from 500, 600, 700, 400, and have all kinds of little gimmicks to it to try and keep certain pieces away. And I try to play within those rules. I, I try to find out ahead of time what the build is, and I just try to have some fun with the build. doesn't mean I don't embed some pieces that I might want to see on a competitive team that I want to kind of test out. Uh, I don't bring uh, huge, what I call, meta pieces because those well, I actually cause, I believe, ill will. I mean, Ultron drones with ID cards, I know how they work. I don't want to bring them just to bring them. Uh, used to have a uh, guy at a local venue, he would just bring a KC Flash, the old KC Flash with like five probs and armor piercing and some perplex and just run around and just, you never could catch them. 
So I, I don't want to bring something like that. So I usually bring some kind of fun type team. Uh, oh, I love to build teams with Colossus. They are awful. I can't get that guy to work. But, you know, I love to build with him or Spider-Man. Still have trouble getting those teams to work. Uh, but I will always sprinkle in some figures. I say, wow, I think I might want to use this on a competitive team, but I need to find out how it works. So I'll throw those on there too. And that's kind of the way I approach a local tournament. I do plan in advance. I have a great app on my phone called, uh, let me pull it up here. It is. I'm giving a lot of free advertisement this stuff. Uh, let's see here. Clicks. Yeah. Oh, is that all it's called? Yeah, it's, it's a uh, clicks. Uh, it's, you can find it on the App Store. It's the Clicks app, and it's got figures in it. And I can use it to build teams. And so I'll sit on there and I'll play around it during the week. Go find my figures and put that team together, and go out there and play at the venue. Uh, as I say, casual events will usually be over 300 points. They'll probably be in the 400, 500, 600, 700 point range. Uh, personal preference: I don't like playing above 500. I think the actions get too big. And swarm teams, it just takes forever. It slows the game down. I do like 400, 500 points in casual. I think those run great. It allows you to bring some higher point figures. And I, I, I love that, you know, they say no no uh, figure under 100 or something like that if you, want, you, if you want to play the big boys. Or, you know, they say no figure over 125, you want to bring some little ones. And so... It creates some variety and allows you to just try out different play styles. The one thing I try to do and I'm going to do as I go to a casual event is that I'm going to try and learn. I think it's an important skill that you can transfer over to a major tournament, which is looking across the, the board, seeing the team, and having a plan to pick it apart. I think it's the major skill in good clicks players is that they can look at somebody else's team and go, okay, this is what I got, what they got, this is how I can pick them apart. I do go in with the understanding the local venues just going to be more aggressive. People aren't just going to do point. They're going to try to kill a figure for points and then just kind of back up. They're, you know, you're trying to engage. You're trying to wipe out the other team. I think that goes on. Now, on the other hand, let's look at a major tournament. I think you go in there knowing that you should know the team you're going to play. You should have tested out, and this is in a constructed event. You should have it tested out. You should know it's going to be 300-point format. You should have ran it against teams that you know will show up. And you should have a plan for those teams. So when you sit down, you should be able to look across and go, okay, this that team wants to do this, and I want to do this. The biggest thing you need to uh, kind of adjust for is that the speed of those matches, you're not going to get that many turns in as you think. I think seven to eight probably in a 45-minute match, 45- to 55-minute match, and they are looking to get points. They're either looking to wipe you out, or if that's not the case, they can't. They're looking for the win and getting points and then securing that you don't get points. And I think that's a little bit different than you'll find at your local venue, that uh, alpha strike teams will come out very aggressive trying to wipe you all the way out and be gone in a 30-minute match. And other, other matches can go where... All the action happens in the last 10 to 15 minutes where everybody's trying to grab as many points as possible. So you just have to have a little bit different mindset, at least I do, going into it. And you just have to know your team, and when you sit down to, to kind of have an understanding of what the other team's doing. The, um, but that's the way I prepare for major events, or at least that's my plan this year. More team practice, and that's why I kind of threw up my build out there. More team practice, more understanding how my team works. And also watching videos to see how other teams work. 
maybe even playing against them before I go February 18th. I got a few. I got a few weeks, so um, that's where I'm at. Uh, that's what I've been doing. That's what we're aiming for. I really appreciate everybody listening. I ran this podcast over a little bit much, and it usually happens when I start breaking podcasts into uh, sections. At least I have in my other failed podcasts. So appreciate everybody listening. I'd love to hear your feedback. Once again, you can find me in lostinclicks at gmail.com or on AC Realms, Colossus TN, or Showtime TN on the WizKids Network. So appreciate it. Y'all have a wonderful week, and I hope y'all keep clicking it up. Talk to y'all later. Bye.